What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today I am back with another edition of the Betting Show as we look ahead to UFC Fight Night 232, Allen versus Craig. And there is a double betting show this week. So if you're watching this, this is the UFC bets. I'll have another video for Bellator bets because it's a really good Bellator card. Uh, arguably one of the best Bellator cards ever. So I'll have five bets here for the UFC and I will have another five bets over for Bellator. So check out that video if it's not out yet. It'll be out soon. So uh, please check that out uh, as well. I just thought it's a, it's a big weekend in the world of mixed martial arts, especially for Bellator. They deserve maybe a show of their own. And honestly, I had, I had a, a Good, you know, three bets from this card that I was really uh, confident on. So I said, why not? Why not? Why not? Let's, let's double show it up. Let's give the, the people what they want. Let's give two shows this week. So that's exactly what we have done. Um, before we get into this week's bets, let's have a quick look at uh, last week's bets. We had a, you know, on average, enough week. We hit two out of the four bets, and the flyer didn't hit. Obviously, the flyer was Pavlovich to win via round two. I went mad with the flyer for a plus 1,000 bet. That did not uh, hit, unfortunately, for the betters, but fortunately for uh, Tommy Aspinall, fair, fair play to him. But the two bets that uh, did hit, we had just can't rage. And honestly, I was pretty strong on that last week. I gave it to you a plus 150. It closed... I, I, I looked it up just after the fight. It was plus 205, which was, in my opinion, the craziest money line price that I have seen in a long, 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 long time. And uh, this has not been me being the general after the battle or anything else like that. I, uh, I also said it last week. Um, yeah. I, it was crazy that she was the underdog and we, we know why and there's actually another fight like that this week but we'll get to that in a second um, the other win was the Yeri versus Alex fight to go over to sorry 1.5 rounds at minus 150 which um, I, I kind of predicted almost exactly I, now how, how it went after that no, I got that wrong, <laughs> but up until that point, correct, so I'll, I'll take that at plus, uh, minus 150, so that's a pretty good price for that bet as well uh, the other two bets a lot, Marco Madsen, he got, you know, beaten pretty easily, so that wasn't a great one. And Bartosz Lesko over in KSW. I actually haven't been able to uh, see that fight yet, but I, I was reading about it up on uh, up on Sherdog.com here, and apparently it was an even enough fight until uh, he kind of got caught there. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate that one, but we got, uh, we got two in the books anyway, and hopefully we'll get another couple here this week. All right, let's get straight into it. So my first bet... For the week, I'm going for um, I'm going for Michael Morales to win his fight with Jake Matthews, um, and he is. This price is actually fluctuated. When I was looking at this uh, last night, it was a, a little bit of a um, uh, a better price than it is now. So I do think it's gone out a little bit, but it's minus uh, minus two seven five as we speak right here and right now. Let me. I, I'll just quickly check. Yeah, so it was. It was minus, uh, I think it says it started out at minus 250 here. I'm pretty sure I saw it a little bit better than that even. But I'm still taking it anyway at minus 275. And I have a few reasons for that. So Michael Morales, 23 years of age, 15 and 0. Fighting Jake Matthews, 29 years of age, 19 and 6. And you, do you know what? Usually when I'm doing these shows, I very rarely actually read that out, right? Their names and their ages, right? But for this one, I think it matters. Because... We're looking at one guy here who is a highly touted prospect. Um, 
undefeated and has never kind of reached that, you know, the 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 moment yet, right? The moment where it either goes very good or very bad. Very well, I should say. Or, or very badly. Uh, and the other one, we have seen that, right? But for certain fighters, like say Morales, like, let's say if Morales was to lose this weekend, and obviously we're giving us a bet, so hopefully not. But if he was to lose this weekend... There is a possibility that that is a good thing, right? There's a possibility that he loses and he comes back even better and he goes to another level, you know, and I could say the same for, say, someone like Sean Brady who has lost or someone maybe even like, let's say Ian Gary was to lose a fight. Guys like that, you know, you would, you would look at him and go, All right, let's use that, let's get better and let's, let's move on. That has happened for Jake Matthews and I don't think that next level has been reached, right? I I look at his record, I look at his fights, and you say, like, he goes in there and he loses, you mentioned, you, you know, your four mentioned Sean Brady, then he beats Andre Filo, who, you know, is, has had been unlucky with, with wins and losses, but, um, you know, he loses to Matthew Smellsberger after that, then he comes back with Darius Flowers. You don't know what to expect from him. Like, a guy who's, who... You know, was was pushed into, a, say, a James Vick fight, a Kevin Lee fight, ended up losing a couple of things. But he beat uh, Li Zhang Yang. He beat, you know, Emil Mac, Diego Sanchez, and those sort of guys. And you always think, like, this guy is the big prospect coming out of Australia, and he's going to push to that next level. But he never really has, right? And I think there's a stage in someone's career where you kind of almost stop trusting them. And it's that's easy for me to say sitting here, but like we're talking about bets here. And if you're a better or if you're someone picking fights, it's like, can I trust this guy to be one of the top guys in the division, right? Or one of the top prospects in the division? And I don't know if that's the case. And I honestly, honestly, I don't think it is the case. So you know, I I'm pretty sure I picked Fila to beat him, and I was wrong on that one. But when he goes in there with Brady, goes in there even the Schmelzberger and loses them, that's the type of point you're saying, right? This has happened before. He went in there with, with James Vick last. Went in there with Kevin Lee last. Then he won a few more. Then he went in there with Anthony Rocker Martin last. Then he won a few more. Went in there with Sean Brady and last. Like, is that progression to the next level going to happen? And my opinion in that is is no, right? Is no. So, I. I'm looking at this from two points, right? So that, that I'm almost going with the second point first there in the explanation. So the second point is like, if a guy, and we'll get to the, the first point about tactically, technically, uh, just a, a, a durability as a fighter, right? Who's better than that? We'll talk about that in a second. The other side of it then is, right, will that um, advantage be taken away by the experience level or, you know, and, and the experience level is it, but like by, 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 you know, someone's ability to have been there, done that. This is just me explaining what the word experience <laughs> means. But you know what I mean? Like someone like Jake Matthews, who if he had proven he can continually do this, you'd expect, okay, even if he's not as good a fighter, maybe that will tell. But I don't think that's the case. Then, then the other side of it, Morales, he's just such a good fighter. Now, the big problem with Morales is here, right? I Jake Matthews has the experience, but I don't think he has like the functional experience. Like the experiences haven't necessarily been good, right? Michael Morales has like a lot of inexperience, though, right? And you see that in some of his fights. 
you know, he gets himself maybe into positions against certain guys who, you know, maybe he shouldn't be there in those positions against those guys, right? And that is that could be a factor. But the other side of it then is just his his innate ability. He is so good, so powerful, like 15 wins, 12 stoppages, 11 knockouts. Um, he's really skillful. He believe, You can see he believes in himself. You can really see he believes in himself. And... That is the main reason I'm going for him to win this. Because it feels like Jake Matthews at times doesn't believe in himself. And I, I'll say this again. Right? I actually think Jake Matthews, if he did have that, he has the tools. Like Jake Matthews can wrestle. He can box. You know, he's, he's, he's durable. He can, he can do it all. Or he really can. But he just doesn't. Whereas Morales just does. And that's my main reason for picking him, honestly. I think, yeah, and that that's that, that that's some bad analysis there, but he'll just win. Why are you picking him? Because he'll just win. No, I think he'll be longer, stronger, harder hitting. I think Jake Matthews will box with him. And Jake Matthews, I think, will probably do well enough boxing with him until he feels that power, right? And that could be after 10 seconds or it could be after 10 minutes. But I do think that will happen. I think that will change the fight. And I think the confidence of Morales will take over and I don't think matches will have that confidence level and that's why I'm picking him to win and I'm you know even though it's not the best price in the world at minus 275 I still like Morales at that price so that's the first bet of the week alright second bet of the week this now is a better price um, and I am going for Jordan Levitt to beat Chase Super at plus 180 now this is a bet that uh, I have kind of had to talk myself into a little bit. But first things first, I'm betting on this because of the price, right? Um, you look at Chase Hooper's game, you look at Jordan Evans' game, I don't think there's a whole big pile of difference in top-level ability between them, right? But then you have to boil it down to, like, is there a whole lot of difference in levels between, you know, their level... And their opponent's level. Um, and in certain parts of the game, maybe. But not not really, I don't think. So, you look at that and you think, I, always, I, I do this often on the show. Give me the better price. If there are two guys who are, let's be honest, not that good. And I, I don't mean to be harsh or anything like that. But, like, you're coming here for my honest opinion. You're coming here for honest talk. They're, neither of them are that good. Neither of them will ever be a UFC champion. Neither of them will ever get ranked. Right? That's that's the level they're at. They're at lightweight now as well. Just never going to happen. Um, give me the better price there. And plus 180, I think, is a very, very good price. If Chase Super was plus 180, I probably would have gone for him, right? So this is a price bet more than anything else. Although i rather Levitt at plus 180 than I would one at plus 180, which makes no sense considering Hooper is the favorite. But for me, it makes sense because I don't think he should be the favorite. So... The other side of it then, which I was kind of starting out to talk about, was the last time I gave, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I gave uh, I gave Steve Garcia two times ago, and I gave Nick Fiore last time out, because I, like, I just don't believe in the game of Chase Super. I'd like, I've seen some people say he should, like, he should have 10 fights in Cage Warriors, or LFA, or something like that, and then come back, or five fights even, or two years, or whatever it might be. Um... I don't, I don't even think, I don't think that would help, to be honest, you know, and it's weird, because he's a guy who's 12 and 3, and you know, he's won a good few fights and all, but I just don't think 
he will be able to make it to the top level. He's just, he's just not that guy. Like he's just, he's just not that guy. Like Jordan Levitt's never going to make it to the top level either. He's not that guy. But at least with Jordan Levitt, you see, like he has, you know, he's a good athlete enough. Like he beat Trey Ogden. It was a split decision. Okay. You know, he went around and a half with Paddy Bimblet. Whatever you say about Paddy Bimblet, like, Paddy Bimblet is, like, he, Paddy Bimblet's not as, as good a fighter as people make out, absolutely, but he, Paddy Bimblet's not not terrible. Like, Paddy Bimblet would wreck Chase Hooper, you know? Um, but I, I think for, for Levitt, if he can keep this fight on the feed for a while. He's not the best puncher in the world, but he can probably hit Chase Hooper pretty hard at some stage. Like, Hooper's new thing now is to just kind of I'll counter you and just punch you down the middle. Whereas he doesn't really punch that hard. And if you get into a punching match with him, you're gonna, probably going to punch him harder than he punches you. Like, Levitt's not bad on the ground. Obviously, Chase Hooper's very good on the ground. So, like, even if it does get to the ground, like, Hooper has a good chance of submitting him if it does get to the ground. But I don't think it's, like, a foregone conclusion if he does. So... If you take away Hooper's best attribute, and I'm not, you're not completely taking away. I'm not, I'm not saying like he's, oh, he's not going to submit him because like he very, very well could submit him. But if you have a good chance of surviving there, and you have, and, and I've seen, I've seen this from Levitt before. Like he has the ability. Like Ogden is a good, not a bad striker, and he had the ability to strike with him. All right. If you have that ability, maybe even you get a takedown against Hooper, and you, you know, you get on top of him, you land a bit of ground and pound. You know, you can win that fight. Like, is Levitt going to knock him out with a big shot? You know, m- maybe not. But can he hurt him more than Hooper can hurt him? I'd say probably. Especially, you know, Hooper maybe early, you know, would have if, if Levitt's wide open. But I think the more the fight goes, like, I could see this being, you know, Levitt winning rounds two and rounds three or something like that. You know, or, or all three rounds, just winning the decision. And, you know, I, I just... Can't believe in Chase Hooper. I can't like that. That Nick Fiore fight. I watched the back last night. Um, like he, everything went right for him to win that, right? And that could look. It could happen again. It could happen again. But I just don't think it will. And that's why I'm going for Jordan Levitt plus one eighty to win that fight. All right, next one. Um, this one, I, I was, I was very, very tempted with this one to go uh, a little bit further with it in terms of uh, a prop bet or something like that. But not all the props are open at the moment and all that. And it's, like, it's becoming later and later. I'm recording this Wednesday evening and there's still no prop bets out for the UFC. Uh, like, is this main card? Let me just check. It's it's getting towards the top of the, the, the undercard if it is anyway. But like, even for the main card, there's, it's, there's very little there. Anyway. Uh, I'm go- I'm just going for Mick Parkin straight up at minus three fifty, and I'll just throw it in here as well. I I think this will probably go to a decision. So if you want to back the price of the decision, that might be an even bigger one, right? That you could get that maybe plus money or something like that. But seeing that, because I think like people will probably look at that and say it's a heavyweight, and maybe it'll be a a higher price for a for a heavyweight to get a knockout or something like that. But uh, regardless, I'm going for Mick Parkin at minus three fifty. Um. I'll be honest with you, right? Obviously, you know, Mick Barkin coming out of the, uh, the 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 UK and I'm over here in Ireland, so not too far away. And obviously we all would have heard, oh, Mick Barkin's after getting signed for the Contender Series and he'd been around before that. He'd faced, um, uh, I believe he faced Ryan Spillane, an, uh, an Irish guy in the, uh, in the amateur. So I'd known about him for, you know, a good few, uh, obviously a good few years. And I, you know, I went back and I watched his fights for his first fight. 
and even maybe for the contender series. And I was, you know, I was like, this guy, this guy is a good fighter. You know, he's a lot of knockouts in his record. He's a submission there and all. And I, I, you know, I looked at him and let me just see his his size. He's six foot three. He he doesn't look six foot three though. <laughs> he's one of those maybe like myself even. I, I'm around six foot three. I don't look at. <laughs> he's one of those guys that. I just I didn't I didn't necessarily think I would be impressed by him. And now that's a that's a weird thing to say. But by God, that performance against Jamal Boggs, I went back and I watched it uh, over the last couple of days. How how impressed was I with him? Very impressed. How impressed was anyone watching that for a heavyweight? I think they should be very, very impressed with him. This guy, like, he put on a, a real clinic, technical striking, good cardio, didn't really get tired. For a guy who's only seven fights into his career, you know, look comfortable in there. Just, it was really, really, really good. Like, really good. I was so impressed. For a guy like that, I didn't, you know, maybe it was maybe it was me, maybe I didn't pay enough attention, or maybe they didn't, you know, look closely enough. But it didn't really stand out to me before that in the bits I'd watch of him. But by God, he did not that one. And I went down and watched um, uh, Kong Machado, and he is a guy, honestly, I, I saw he fought in the contender series, but I watched a few of his earlier fights, I watched him fighting Lee Mean, and I watched him fighting Edison Lopez over in uh, BFL, which are, uh, they're on uh, Fight Pass, I believe, or maybe not, maybe it's you, no, they're on Fight Pass, I think, yeah, um, and his fights have this weird similarity, where that, it's a bit of a wild start, he gets pushed up against the cage an awful lot. His opponent tries to take him down. He ends up catching him in submission. Or he ends up getting on top and landing big ground and pound. He's a very, very good ground and pound, right? But other than that, I like... And he's a very good record. Like, he's won his last, what, seven in a row? You know, he's 8-1-1. Uh, one one. Very, very, very good record. Very good record. But I think it's because... And a little bit like Parkin as well, and he's you know six foot three as well, but he looks longer and bigger than, than Parkin. I think it's because of that. Uh, he's a very good athlete. The two of these lads, I think, are like I'm not saying they could make two or five, right? But they look more like two or fivers than heavyweights, and that's an odd thing at heavyweight sometimes, especially when you're watching say the region level. Like I watched a few of the Machado fights, you don't see that that much. So, um. The point there is like, now that has changed for, especially for Machado, because obviously we saw Park and we fought uh, a couple of times. Um, I think it's going to be a very different fight for Machado than anything he's ever had before. Um, and I just wonder if he'll be able to cope with that. And my opinion is he probably won't. Um, Parkin, all he really has to do here, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be in the, in the apex, so may, maybe, you know, and a little bit of a smaller cage in it, so maybe it'll be tougher to do, but if he can avoid that clinch and avoid the takedown from the clinch, I just think he's going to be so much of a better striker. Like, Machado has he's kind of good knees, and especially when he kind of walks you towards the clinch, he kind of lifts him up through the middle and stuff like that. He, he definitely can fight in that manner, right? But... I think um, Parkin is just going to be able to keep him at the end of the jab. If Machado rushes in, you just move, you know, get away from him, use your athleticism, even though Machado is a very good athlete as well, and that might cause a bit of problem in there. I think the technical fighter in Parkin is like a, like it's a, it's a real nuisance for someone like Machado. I really do. I just think it's going to be really, really, really hard for Machado's game 
to be produced against someone like Parkin. And that's the reason I'm going for him. I think Parkin will win. I, I do think it'll be a longer fight. I do think he'll probably win a decision. Although you never know. The way Parkin has... And this is an interesting point here I'm about to make. Congratulations to me. <laughs> the way Parkin has improved, what's he going to add? Like, let's say he adds power to that. Like, he could... He could start putting lads out of there very quickly. We haven't necessarily seen that yet at this level, right? Obviously, he went to decision last time out. He got, a, uh, you know, he um, he uh, he did get a finish in the Dana White Contender Series, but let, let, and that was a submission. But let's see how that goes here. So, um, yeah, I'm going for Mick Parkin, and uh, I'm going for him very strongly, even at uh, minus three fifty. All right, next bet here, uh, fourth bet of the week. I am going for. Amanda Hibas, um, who is, you know, this bet has come in a bit. I was looking at it the other day. It was minus, uh, minus two seven five. It's into minus two thirty five now. Let me just look, see if it's uh, if it's moving any further. Um, actually, do you know what? It's into minus. Uh, sorry, uh, oh, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the I'm looking at Pereira there. Um, yeah, it's it's in it's into that now. It's into minus two thirty five. Um, I like I I really favour Amanda Hebas in this fight, and this is a little bit similar to I was mentioning earlier on to the Andrade fight. Like she's lost well three of her last five fights. Pinero's coming in here, you know, with a what is it a nine fight win streak or something like that. After beating Michelle Wallace and Gomez last time out, you know, looked um, you know split decision, so it didn't look exactly unbelievably amazing in that, you know. Doesn't have massive power, good underground, good submissions and things like that. I I have a very simple breakdown for this. And that's that I think Amanda Hebas is just a higher quality of fighter. Now, I think the problem with Hebas, and I'll be fair here because I said a similar thing to Matthews, like, I don't know if she can always produce it. Now, it's a little bit different to, to the Andrade one last week because I believe Andrade will always produce it when meeting an inferior opponent. Let's put it that way. Um for this one, I'm I, I think Pinero has to prove a lot more before I'd be willing to pick her against Hebas, even at this price. Right? I think, you know, uh, the best win in her career uh, on uh, on paper is uh, Randa Marcus, in my opinion, and that was a disqualification with a, with an up kick. So we can kind of write that off. Other than that, like Michelle Watson Gomez split decision as I mentioned, Sam Hughes, you know, there there isn't anything exactly stand out there. You know, there isn't exact exactly anything stand out there. She's went to a decision her last two fights in a row. Um, I just think Hebas will be a little bit faster. A little bit more powerful. I think, you know, she can go up on the ground if it goes there. And I'd like, not not to be like, I think, I just think she'll win. I just do. I like, she's always bounced back from her losses each and every time. You know, she's lost four times in her career. And the previous three times she's bounced back with a, with a win. Um, and not not only with a win, with pretty good wins. Obviously, you know, the first one was outside of the UFC, but she lost to Marina Rodriguez. Went back and beat Gierna Vanderoba and uh, or Vierna Genderoba. Vierna <laughs> Gierna Vanderoba. Uh and then she lost to Chugagan, beat Viviriana Arujo. Very good wins. Very good. I don't think Pinero is at their level. Uh and I do think she'll bounce back and I do think she will win here in this one. Alright, final bet of the week. Um and this is the flyer. 
And the flyer this week is again a genuine flyer. Now, I uh, I was going to do something very risky here, right? I was going to give my fourth bet as one guy and my fifth bet as his opponent, right? But like, I would get as a serious amount of abuse, so I haven't done that, right? So the flyer is Paul Craig by submission at plus 650. And I feel like every time Paul Craig fights... That should be the flyer, <laughs> you know? If you're not picking Craig by submission as your flyer at plus 650, what are you even doing here, right? Um, if you were to give me plus 100 versus plus 100, who I think will win the fight, I, I, I've i actually gone back and forth on this, right, during this week, and I've watched probably more tape on this fight than I have in any main event in a long time. Because usually you're like, you know, you know the main events, and maybe you just need a bit of a reminder. You watch their last fight, you know? Let's say if it's Volkanovski, Makachev, you go back and watch the first fight and things like that. But for this one, it's just like, I, you had to delve a little bit more into it, I, I feel like, because it's such a complicated thing when Paul Craig fights. And complicated in that, can he catch him, right? Can he catch him? And here's, here is a sentence that came into my head the other day, right? Paul Craig has beaten much better fighters than Brendan Allen, but Paul Craig has lost the fighters who aren't as good as Brendan Allen, in my opinion. Like, he's lost to Jimmy Crute. I don't think he's as good as Brendan Allen, right? He's lost to, you know, Volkan Odzimir, who, I mean, and now, now this has gone up, obviously, to 205, you know. But then he's been Jamal Hill. He's been Shogun. You know, he's been Nikita Grilov. He's, he's beaten some very, very, he's beaten Magomed Ankalaev. Right, he's been the guy who just lost the belt and maybe the number one contender if he wins his next fight for the belt. You know, this is this is a guy who is just wild. Look, we know what he's like. We know he's wild. He's seventeen wins, thirteen submissions, and you're giving me plus six fifty on that guy. Absolutely, absolutely, I'm going to take that as my Florida week. There's no other option. Who do I think will win the fight? I like. I just think Brendan Allen will win the fight. A, lo- a large part of that. And I heard the lads talk him on the preview show as well. Is his ability on the ground? Like he's, you know, twenty-two wins, eighteen inside the distance, thirteen submissions. So this guy is a this is a guy who's very very good on the ground as well. So a lot of the time you see, and you know, again, this is not a guarantee, but a lot of the time you see guys going to the ground and just immediately get caught and submitted by Paul Craig, Brendan Allen. You know, because he's, he's so good on the ground, maybe that won't happen to him necessarily. Now, obviously, it might. But, and, you know, that's, the might is why my bet at plus 650 is being put in here. Um, but if you are, like, and it's easy to say against uh, Paul Craig, but if you are more controlled on the feed, if you are able to land some shots against him, if you aren't drawn into his game, he's a guy you can, you can obviously beat. But it's easier said than done. It is easier said than done. And there is, like, do you know, do you know we always talk about, oh, there's a puncher's chance, or, like, uh, we, we, need another, we need another phrase for that, uh, 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 a submitter's chance. Let's call it a submitter's chance. There's always that in boxing, MMA, or whatever, right? But, like, we often talk about it, like, ah, you know, is there really a puncher's chance? Like, uh, Pinero probably has a puncher's chance against, and like, not, not, and like, not to say that she's a big puncher, but no, she's, you know, she's a submitter's chance against, uh, against Hibas. But like, do you really think it's going to happen? No, probably not. But Paul Craig, that is a real chance. Like, it is a real, real, real chance. I mean, you're giving me, what is it, 13 to 2, 6, plus 650? 
Absolutely. So yeah, that is it. Simple enough. You don't need a massive breakdown for that. Plus 650, Paul Craig by submission. Your flyer of the week. I know my guy John Branning will be happy with that one. So we'll, uh, we'll throw that one in there. Right, let's uh, let's run through some of the other UFC fights. I, I, do you know what? I'll give you my picks here. Um, at the prices. So picks at the prices. These are not necessarily picks. Um, honestly, the pick at the price for Alan Craig is also Craig. I think plus 350. That's just that's just too much for me. Minus... Um, Minus 480 for uh, Allen, minus 450 in other places for him. I think this should be more similar to Matthews Morales, where we see plus 210, minus 275. That's where I think this probably should be. Maybe even a little bit closer. Maybe even a little bit closer. Uh, Paul Craig, like, Paul Craig has a good chance of winning this fight. He really, really does. Um, let's see some of the other prop bets there. Like, the thing about Paul Craig, and they are out for this one, miraculously, uh, Alan to win by TKO KO, plus 120. Like, I do think that is probably the most likely outcome, but plus 120, not a big fan of that. What about Alan to win by uh, decision, plus 700? I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Um, look, if Craig wins, he's, he's winning by submission, I think, plus 650. Um, plus 1,000, Craig, the knockout. You never know, maybe a bit of ground bound or something like that. Um, Matthews Morales, as I said, I went for Morales there at minus 275 plus 210 for Matthews. Hooper Levitt again, plus 180 minus 230, obviously went for Levitt there. Nick Aguirre, Peyton Albert, uh, Aguirre, big underdog here, plus 500, plus 450, minus two, minus uh, 649 for Talbot. You know, you never know, I get two inexperienced guys. Talbot has, uh, you know, I watched a bit of him this week, you know, looks, looks a good fighter. Um... That price, I'd probably avoid the betting, but I do think uh, Talbot will win that one. We talked, obviously, about Hebas Pinheiro, minus, uh, uh, minus 235, minus 250, some places, even a little bit lower, minus uh, 265, around the plus 200 for Pinheiro in other places. Uh, I, I'm looking at Christian Neroy Duncan here. Apparently, he has a new opponent. Uh, there aren't prices up for that one yet, but I, I, I like Christian and, uh, as a fighter. Not a great display last time out, but looking forward to seeing him bouncing back here. Barreto and Pierce. I do like Pierce at minus 125. He was definitely one I was thinking about throwing in. Barreto is a good fighter, plus 100. Um, but yeah, I'll go for Pierce in that one. Uh, and Halliger, chatting Halliger against jo- uh, Jose Johnson and Halliger. The underdog here, maybe somewhat surprisingly, plus 163. Haven't seen a whole load of Jose Johnson, but I'll go for Ang Halliger uh, in that one. Machado Parker, obviously we talked about that. Uh, minus 350 for uh, for Parkin. Minus, uh, actually, minus 340 here. You can get him in one place as well. Also around plus two sixty from Machado going for parking there. Um, I like Alexander over uh, Saring uh, at um, minus five hundred. Obviously not a, not a great price as well. But there's the, the last three fights to close it out are a little bit closer. Lucy Pudilova fight out of Ireland. I'm going with Irish bias here. I'm going for Pudilova to beat uh, Perez Mara and Ogden. We mentioned Ogden earlier on. You know, a guy who again blows hot and cold, but does have some good ability. I'll go with a you know. I'll go with Mada in that one. And then uh, Charles Johnson, Raphael Estivam. Um, Estivam, the favourite there at minus 143. And uh, he'll be my pick in that one. All right. Let's recap the five bets for the week. Michael Morales, minus 275. Jordan Levis, plus 180. Minus 350 for Mick Parkin. Minus 235 for Amanda Hebas. And Paul Craig by submission for the Florida week at plus 650. 50. All right, everybody, that is it from me, Sean Sheehan here for Shardog.com. Check out the Bellator uh, preview video. There'll also be a Bellator uh, picks video with um, bets, Bellator betting video. So check that out too, and check out everything 
on the beautiful website of Shardog.com. I leave it there. My name is Sean G. And for Shardog.com, and I'll see you all next time.